and on 2NURFM 103.7 Gardening Talkback with David Ponman from Walls End Community Nurseries. David, you've managed to get in out of the weather. Yeah, I got in. I made it, Phil. Hi. How are you? How's everyone? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, yeah out of the weather yeah. and uh, yeah. Yeah, I had a shift car park spaces, so uh, that... Uh, that extra couple of minutes. Right. Anyway, so. we're here, we're away, we're ready yeah. to go, we're all, all prepared and ready to go. Eh? And it's the last Gardening Talkback program for this yeah, year. So, uh, so I believe. I know a lot of people have questions. 4921626216 is the number. I think we might have one or two lines free right at the moment if people okay. like to like to get on early. But um, I know a lot of people have things planned over the, um, the holiday period. A lot of people take January off and right. do a bit of yeah. work around the garden. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Any advice on that kind of thing? I'm sure people will, will want that, and yeah. people have been struggling with their tomatoes. I've, I've yeah, heard I believe tomatoes. Recent, <laughs> recent years, I'm struggling with mine too. But they seem to be the biggest struggle in the veggie garden, don't they? That's tomatoes, right. unfortunately. But yeah. uh, great when you get you know, when you get them there and get them ripened. They're uh, certainly great eating, great oh, veggie yeah. to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, of course, you've brought in some Christmas bush here too, which yeah. is uh, looking lovely at the moment. Yeah. Um, and um, you're giving away? Yeah, we'll uh, give away a, uh, an 8-inch pot size. We'll lash out a little this week. And uh, an 8-inch okay. pot size of, um, <laughs> of Ceratopetalum, or Albury's Red, that one's called. And, Albury, and, uh, so that's, that, that's a, a, a cultivar. A cultivar, cultivar. Yeah. yeah, it was one that was uh, a selected... Oh, basically from a seedling originally and, and it was mm-hmm. found in the Blue Mountains years ago. Oh, right. And a gentleman up there by the name of Peter Albury found it and uh, selected it and uh, like what he's seen, he's, a, he's obviously a nurseryman and um, for his growth habit, uh, quite a compact bushy growth habit up to three or four metres high and flowered really well in the darker colour. So yes, he selected it's, it and it's... It's a little it's bit darker grown. than the usual Christmas yeah, bush, isn't it? Yeah, it is a good one. It's, proper, it's uh, obviously grown now, cultivated. Uh, Propagated by cuttings and um, mm. sold quite extensively right, you know, up and down the coast now with uh, Albury's Red Christmas Bush. So it's yeah, one of the better ones. There's been a couple others come and go, different cultivars, but haven't had the colour or the performance this one has. So and, this uh, one's fairly hardy too. It's a hardy one, yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. No, so that, we'll give that one of those away and uh, and some fertiliser, some uh, little satchets of uh, the fertiliser and uh, insecticide yep. games we normally do. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what you need to do to be in the draw for those is to be part of today's program by ringing up with, a, um, I was going to say a David for a question, but we'll say a question for David. And uh, 49216216 is the number. Also, of course, if you ring up today, you go in the combined draw for 2NURFM's Gardening Walkback, where David Peterson comes around to your place and uh, gives you some advice right there and then on the spot. And uh, we're doing a combined draw for these first uh, few weeks of December and the last week of January. So we'll draw that the first week in February. Which seems to be a long way away, but it's getting closer all the time, isn't I, I, it, David? I thought that about December back in August, Phil, but <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> it's here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Time, yeah. time, our, yeah. our biggest enemy. Yeah. Okay, David, um, shall we uh, have a go at taking some calls? Yeah, yeah we'll see what we can okay. do. Uh, we've got first on the line, uh, Jan from Greta. Jan, how are you? How are you? Good, Tar, good, yeah. A bit washed away down here, but we're, we're getting there. Hey? Everywhere at the moment, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, problem that I've got is not to do with uh, with any plants or anything. Well, I guess it is snails. Yes, yeah. I have like, millions, and mm. I don't know how to get rid of them. I have bought some sawdust to try put on the soil, yeah. go into mulch. Yeah, I was going to say it's only one little trick. You can use the sawdust and uh, something rough in that extent that sort of stay, stops them from sort of travelling across. There's yeah. a barrier you could buy it on it. And things like yeah, that, the yeah. it all gets washed away. Yeah, yeah. It's something you just got to keep. Salt. Yeah, 
Okay, so salt. Yeah, salt's another one. Yeah, yeah, salt's another one. Yeah. Unfortunately, you only keep those things all on, on the spray or the the uh, baits, or not the spray, sorry, the baits. And I guess it's basically the Defender and the Bay Soul, the blue one. But just yeah, I've, got one, I've got one um, lot of, um, of, of spray that, that is animal friendly because I've got three cats in the That's dog. That's right. Most of them are pretty good now, though, Jan. Yeah, yeah, mate. Right. Yeah. I've just never seen as many snails in my life. As okay. I have since I moved to Greta. <laughs> they, they climb up my doors, my window. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I know it's a few around this season, but I wouldn't say there's any more than normal so far, even with the wet. I have a, I've sort of thought the opposite, actually. They haven't been too bad considering the weather. Oh, but, yeah. uh, I go out and play football with them every night. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Yeah, there's, uh, I think I there's... Can you sell them? Do they still buy well, them? Well, I was just going to say that. There were some people up around Wallen by area and that. They were farming or collecting them and they uh, they clean them up and sell them off to the, the restaurants in Sydney, for example. Yeah, I should collect them. Yeah. yeah, so just, I don't know if they're in the phone book. I did have, uh, going back a bit, I had a contact. Yeah, and, uh, Dave, David uh, Peterson yeah, David's had them one. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Maybe if you Google it or look it yeah, up in, uh, yeah. in the phone That's book. Really garden snails that they do. That's right, yeah, garden snails, you collect, collect them up and if you collect them, I think they come and collect them then from you. Uh, they hold them for a certain time in a very clean sort of sterile, or clean or ster- clean area and feed them on lettuce and good fresh right. clean leaves. I so might they, have to see if I can get a recipe off them. That's right, maybe you get a, maybe you register as a snail farm, you might be, uh, just out of business <laughs> yourself. No problem. <laughs> yeah, no, that, but they were around. I believe they'd still be about. Uh, if anyone's listening, it knows a contact forum would be uh, would be handy. Yeah, we could. Um, I know David's uh, spoken about it also, and uh, I originally came across the guy at Tokal going back a little bit. So um, somewhere through there, there would be a contact. I imagine uh, Tokal, or as Phil said, to Google it. And, okay, uh, what would uh, yeah. uh, a Escarco, or they call it, or snail, just snail. Uh, how they class them? Escargot is the French yeah, for it. Yeah, French for it. So I don't know if they class under that. Yes, C A R G O. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or the um, yeah, just uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. I snail. I guess if you just go to snail, snail farms. Uh, yeah. Soak them in some garlic and cook them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll clean them up first. You don't know what they've been eating. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what they had you clean them. <laughs> no, they just. They, they just use clean uh, leaves, like lettuce leaves, and clean uh, leaf for them to eat on. So that, right. that, that cleans them through, yeah, yeah. Okay? Okay. All right, um, other than that and the, and the sprays... Uh, out of sorry? I may make some money yeah, out of Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Let us know how you get on next year. <laughs> okay, Jan. All right, you have a lovely... Yeah, you too. Have a good one. Good luck with it. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you, Jan. Um, New Lambton Heights we go to next, and we say hello to Margaret. Margaret, how are you? Fine, thank you. How can we help? I'm uh, having problems with with suckers from a liquid amber tree. What can I do about it? Uh, if it's a large tree, obviously, Margaret, it's and a uh, large yeah, yeah, um, you can a really large. Tree. You can poison just those little sections. Um, but unfortunately it's only a matter of taking those away from where they are but when you keep removing them and you damage the roots and that's what happens those suckers sort of come from where the dam- the roots are a little bit damaged mm. a lot of times that will happen and they will still come up underneath If you try to cut the roots you'd only get more suckers That's possible, yes, you get more from that area because your damage will just open that uh, area, that callus area up and they come away again uh, but you'd certainly cut them back and cut them off and if you cut them down low um, the only other one is uh, 
you could put a little bit of poison in there. It's not going to kill the tree because it wouldn't be, you know, the, the, those odd roots wouldn't be enough to do that. But uh, you'd need a tree and blackberry. Well, yeah, killer. yeah, that's the one. Tree and blackberry killer. Yeah, uh-huh. tree and blackberry killer. Just uh, mix that up and uh, paint it on. Just paint on that section. Just paint it or inject the wood you have to bore no, up. No, just just it. just paint on it. It won't damage that uh, part of the root system. Just paint onto that. Yeah, and that'll kill any new little re- regrowth around it, around that area. But uh, obviously, if you do it too heavy into the roots by injecting it into the roots, it could go back into the tree and do well, some damage. The suckers are about, oh, I'd say, 20, 25 feet from the tree. Yeah, yeah, no, they can do that. Yeah, and that's the same. Gladitia, Eurobinia, um, you know, you find it if you... Is it in the lawn area? Are they in the lawn or no, the garden? No, they're in the garden. In the garden, yeah. yeah they haven't yeah. been damaged by the mowers no, at no. all. No, no. Sometimes the lawn area, though... Sometimes in the lawn, lawn area, you know, they've sort of come from a bit below. By cutting them, they just it keeps them out. You, you don't sort of... They don't worry too much. You keep cutting them back. But if it was in the garden bed area, you'd have to keep at it all the time. Yeah. yeah. But, yes, I think I have cut what I thought it was a seedling first okay. until I investigated further and I found it was coming off a root. Yeah, I realised it was sort of coming from the from the root system. Yeah, if it's damaged through gardening, but uh, but apart from that, they they will do that without even uh, sometimes any damage on the root system. You just get a little nodule or shoot away from down there. Yeah, but generally it's, it is when they're sort of nicked or you know maybe hit it with a spade or a shovel working around the garden. Yeah, and then they shoot away. Oh, I'll get the blackberry weed killer. Just try on those sections as you see where it's coming through heavy for you because otherwise, yeah, you don't just keep it that as those little areas. It's the mm-hmm. large tree, it won't do it any harm, that little bit you're going to use. Yes, right? that was what yeah, I yeah. was dubious about, yeah, yeah, whether no. I could track back to the main tree. Yeah, I no. I'd kill the tree if I can help it. It wouldn't be enough to worry if you just do the, you know, don't do it obviously every week, but if you just do it once a couple of times a year, it wouldn't do any harm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, well, thank you very much. Okay, that's all right, Margaret. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye now. Have a good Christmas, Margaret. Thank you very much, Margaret. Um, David, we had a question from a listener. Um, um, David Peterson, uh, a week or so ago, gave the solution to get rid of stink beetles from citrus trees. Do you? Um, could you give us some advice on that? Yeah, generally just... Um a general, one of your general sprays, if malathion will do it. They yeah. do knock fairly easily, actually. I know they're a nuisance mm-hmm. when they come in there and they're yeah. in fairly heavy proportions, but uh, stuff like uh, fruit trees would be a bit obvious to suggest carbaryl, but not on fruit trees, So uh, I believe now. So, But malathion will do it. I've just malathion. used mal- malathion, mm-hmm. yeah. Malathion will knock them fairly well, yeah. Uh, you probably find... Uh, even success, the one that's a more of a pyrethrin-based one. I shouldn't, I haven't used it, but I couldn't right. see why it wouldn't do the job. Yeah. Success, but uh, but certainly malathion will do it. Yeah, yeah. and just stay mm-hmm. away from them while you're doing it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Horrible so, little things. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, um, let's say hello to Gail from Toronto. Gail, Hi, how are you going? Good day, so. Uh, I just wondered. I've now managed to get some good grass growing in my backyard, but I have quite a few shrubs. And uh, the grass and some of the weed has grown right up to the stem of the shrub. Is there anything I can spray around the base to sort of kill the grass and the weeds so that digging it out and getting it right makes it a bit easier? Yeah, and the shrubs are fairly well established, Gail, the, the, yes, the trees are. and shrubs. Yeah, yes. you, you find most they just use the glyphosate or, or Roundup or Zero. Oh, so it, it's, it's okay to use that. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It doesn't affect into the soil. Um, 
is I do maintain now, especially around roses, if you use it constantly around roses on the garden bed, for example, it can sort of a little bit get into the soil and does seem to affect the roses over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And some plants, I think that's the case, but with fairly solid shrubs and trees uh, just to do up around the edge. Um, so once you do, so you know, if you do it, uh, clean it back even to maybe, you know, two foot or a metre, you know, 600 or a metre back. Yeah. Uh, and then from then just keep it... Uh, sprayed around the edges of those yeah oh, uh, okay, just keep it sprayed around that edge and that'll hold it back from sort of growing up in towards your tree again up into the base of the tree yeah, but, yeah, uh, but yeah that's that's almost a new it's you know it's available zero or roundup just uh, roundup as is or glyphosate you buy a lot of it now just as straight glyphosate it's all the same okay. uh, so depending on the packaging the brand where it's coming from and the name they're calling it the, the what you pay for it sometimes that's all <laughs> so uh, yeah, but that's, that's cool. all you need yeah but if you do that and it won't affect your soil as i said it'll just kill whatever it hits so uh whatever you spray it onto it'll just burn that back or kill that that end back it won't it'll, even your grass will sort of go back so far but yep. it won't go trouble right back into your lawn no that'd be the go all, all right. right thank all you very much all right okay you're all right bye yep thank you all right have a good one ta Thank you very much, Gail. It's 29 minutes to one. Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM 103.7. And um, uh, David Pondman here for the last Gardening Talk back program for this year. Next online, David, we've got Shirley from Mayfield. Yeah, Shirley. Yes, good afternoon. How are you? Good. I'm well. A bit damp around the edges, but well. Yeah, we're all that way, eh? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. How can we help? Um, I have some marayas. I've had them in for over 12 months now. Uh-huh, yeah. In that time, I think I've had half a dozen flowers. Okay, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you prune them much at all, Shirley? Or? Um, yes, yeah. they've had a couple of good prunes. Yeah. Um, when we when we bought them, because I said to the fella, how high do they grow? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, it's high as you want them. And I said, well, you know, can we keep them clipped? And he said, yes, they love to be clipped. So that's right. we've given them a couple of, um, of, of good clips and, um, and just haven't got any flowers. But just about <coughs> half a dozen the whole time. Yeah, the only reason I see, or a couple of reasons, uh, one, if you're pruning and happen to be pruning at the wrong time and you're cutting flower buds off or flowers off, then they've got to put that new growth up again. Mm, and no. if you keep and continually prune, but uh, but then having said that, Mariah's uh, flower over a period of, you know, the spring, summer or summer into autumn, those flower mm. um, on and off sort of thing through the season. So, um, yeah. Now, I what, don't, what made me think about it again, because I had a friend's place the other day and her trees just, in full bloom. Yeah, so. okay, yeah. And you haven't pruned yours for a little while? Um, uh, well, we pruned it the other day, actually. So. Yeah, yeah. But they should have been showing some bud or some sort of colour, I'd imagine, through the spring. Well, there was one bud. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, the only other reason I could see is they're from seed and they're not performing as well because the, the seeding varieties, we can, can do that, but then it shouldn't be because um, all your marais are called paniculata, which is a, a, a selected form, like we spoke about the Aubrey's Redham indigo, the Christmas bush. Mariah is a, a selected form from a seeding years ago, and this particular okay. one is grown for that reason, because it's uh, better, it doesn't seed, um, and it flowers um, quite freely. But uh, again, <coughs> not sort of going to go to where you got them from and that, but they, so they shouldn't be seeding ones, but it is quite possible sometimes that people decide to do some of these seeding ones. And, uh, well, that, and they can different times, mm, I think, mm. you know, because we've made a hedge out of them mm-hmm, and then okay, we yeah, yeah. cleared some other things away and put some more, um, probably six months later, and they're about the same. Well, the only thing to do now, if you can leave them go, just let them go and let them do their thing, let them grow, uh, mm-hmm. fertiliser-wise, keep it a feed on them, use something a bit higher in potash, it'll help some flowers through and not sort of 
push into growth all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, heavy nitrogen fertiliser with most things will can overgrow the, the shoots or the, the bud and push into growth and you don't get a lot of flower mm-hmm. as possible. Uh, so work on something that's high in potash and, and lower in nitrogen. Um, Nitrophosca, for example, is a fer- one of the fertilisers, or you can buy some of your and slow-release ones that are high in uh, potash. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Organic Life, we mentioned, I think David still mentions that pretty well, Organic Life, his favourite one. So, uh, And that's actually, we found that very good for flowering and most things. Oh, David uh, has it on his yeah, cornflakes. That's right, yeah, his cornflakes. That's, that's what keeps his hair good colour. Eh? <laughs> so, uh, but if you put um, yeah, that around again, that'll help the flowers. So we work on feeding, and if you prune them now, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, just let them grow. Mm-hmm. Don't prune them for you know, at least into um, end of summer or, or not, no, not into the late uh, late autumn or into winter, because then you get into uh, other problems. But if you do it sort of late summer, if you're going to prune again, then or leave them go if you can through until next uh, winter, and prune sort of late winter, early spring, just prior to getting that new growth. Because as you get all that new growth, that's when your flowers should come through that new growth and then just keep growing and flowering through the season. Okay. Right? So now that you've pruned them this last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. I'm feeding, and hopefully get some warmer weather after Christmas or Christmas. <laughs> so um, weather's throwing things around a little bit, but I wouldn't have thought it'd, it'd stop that from flowering altogether like that. In uh, over 12 months, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So um, I'd, I'd be looking just uh, leaving them alone, uh, let them grow. Um, fertilize and uh, see if you get some flower out of that new growth and then if you do any prunings if you can do it once a year just do it as heavy as you like in that august september period before they start to grow again okay yeah all right so work on that idea those couple of points and hopefully we can have some luck for you surely yeah yeah, yeah. well they've two years is it they've been in a couple of um, years well well over the 12 months is it? okay yeah no we'll give them a little bit of time then if we just in the age of the wood and and the pruning you could have thrown them out a little bit mm. so if you do that from now and see how you go from there yeah. All right. Yes, thank but you that's very a, much. that's about all we can with the marais. As I said, they generally do their own thing pretty easily. So, um, so yeah. back to that feeding and pruning is the only other way I can see around it. Yeah. Okay. Good on you. Thanks, okay. Sam. Good luck. Thank have, you. have a good one there, Ta. Bye. Merry Christmas. Yes, yeah, same to yourself. Thank you. Thanks, Shirley. Yeah. Has this weird weather sort of upset our pruning schedule? Don't yeah, you? things are sort of um, growing a little bit uh, different or a bit slow. You know, things are slow getting away. Uh, some of the subtropical plants have all been late sort of moving away. I think in as far as uh, fruiting and uh, and cropping, yeah, mm. plants are sort of you know, not too sure what they're doing there. <laughs> Very mixed <laughs> we, up. We don't mind the rain. The rain is uh, quite good and we get showers of rain between and summertime's great. But, mm. um, you know, we like a bit of wet weather, we? but a bit of moisture anyway on the yeah. plants. Yeah, yeah but that's We're right. getting probably a little yeah. much too much sometimes but i think it's just the cold the, the mm. coldness coming through i mean we right. had we had summer um yesterday morning yeah that's and right then and back to winter again today or the winter today yeah, the we, don't, we don't know what day what season's going to be so we wake up do we so uh, no that's right and this time of year to have to get around dressed for winter is a bit unusual so it, it does affect the growth of things a bit yeah and it yeah. throws a cycle yeah yep, that's right Okay, 49216216 is our number if you've been waiting to get through. Lines are free right at the moment, so now is a good, very good time, in fact, to give us a call. Um, let's see, uh, on line one, I think we might have Gail from Toronto. Is that Gail from Toronto? No? Um, could um, We had a Gail from Toronto. Yeah, we have. Um, I don't know who it is then. We'll just say, you're talking to David. Hello. Hello there. Anyone there? There's someone? Oh, there is someone there, but... Oh, oh, hello. No. Yep, yep, something in the background. Hello, can we help you? 
Uh, I think they've gone away from the phone. We might have to get them to call back a bit later on. Um, is there anything else we should be doing in the garden at this time of the year, David, when we can sneak out between the showers? Yeah, I guess, uh, Phil, it's, um, with the weather as is and uh, still feeding, we still feed, and I know mulching mm. is uh, something David mentions too, the mulching. And, yeah, it's very important. You know, we hope we're going to get a bit of warmer weather, and, and, and uh, especially over the Christmas period. And you mentioned earlier on there were people uh, going away on holidays and you know, maybe away for a week, couple of weeks out of, the, out of their garden. So mulching is good in this, not only just to hold the moisture in, but also to hold a lot of weeds back. You know, it does suppress because, a lot of those yeah, little weeds. Yeah, that's certainly happening great. a lot in yeah. my garden at yeah. the moment. Every yeah. time you look around, there's a new weed oh, yeah, shooting yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're growing pretty well still, aren't they? That's right. And uh, so the mulching will hold that back, and uh, certainly some feeding to um, you know fertilise and to keep them you know keep plants going. Yeah. If you haven't uh, pruned, which you should have done, a lot of those spring or summer growing plants, they should have been pruned by now. Uh, roses, the roses are sort of flowering, but you'll find some, you know, start to look at uh, pruning some of those dead ends and bad, you know, old flowers that back mm. and uh, mm. some of those longer water shoots even, you can knock them back a little bit to make them bush. Okay, so, yeah. 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 And it doesn't hurt to do that little bit of uh, even pruning on some of your shrubs that if you find branches are sort of heading in the wrong direction, it's not going to do them any harm to sort of knock them back to just to keep them in shape before they get too large. So along those lines, yeah, and certainly sort of, you know, gear yeah. yourself if you're looking going on holidays to... Um, as far as the, the mulch mm. and the watering and there's a bit of feeding on your plants and even the old trick in case it doesn't rain as much, you know, upturn bottle around the, some of the okay. trees and that's a little simple oh, thing yeah. To, yeah. just to keep a bit of moisture there while you're away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrific. Mm. Okay, uh, next up we've got um, Lee from Abermain. Yeah, Lee. Hi, how are you? Good, mate. Tell yourself. Good, thanks. Uh, what I'm ring about, I've got a geisha girl growing at the hedge. Yes. Now it's yeah. gone berserk with this wet weather. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, you can, Lee. You can cut it back. It won't do it any harm. Obviously, the only harm you're going to do is uh, lose all that, a lot of your flower. But yeah. it, it grows and flowers right through the summer period. So if you want to cut so much of it and lose some colour, you could do that and then yeah. cut the balance. You know, once that other once the cut parts start to grow, again, grow, you can yeah. cut the balance back again then if you wish to do that way. But if you want to just cut it all down and make it look a little bit bare for you and no flower, you'll find in another month or six weeks it'll be up and doing its thing again. So it'll be colouring again. So they grow pretty, grow pretty quickly from now on, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, then thank you right. very much. Good on you. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Lee. Um, forgive my ignorance. What, what's a geisha girl? Uh, Duranta. Oh, Duranta. Duranta okay. geisha girl, yeah. yeah. It has a blue, two-tone little blue flower. Oh, sounds nice. And hangs in, there's a small flower, hangs in uh, racemes or panicles mm. of flower, yeah. Oh. And flowers from now right through into autumn, and it's, it's quite good colour, yeah. There's a... The original one, I want to say the original, the, the older known Duranda is just a little bit paler blue and more thorns. The Geisha girl has some thorns, but not near as, not near as bad okay. and uh, doesn't grow as wild and rangy as the old blue one. Oh. So Geisha girl's a better grower. And Sheena's gold, you know, Sheena's gold, the goldy leaf one, yep. that's the other one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And we've also got, uh, there's a couple other forms, a squatter's gold, which is a, a sheen as gold is a yellow leaf form, but it only gets a pale blue flower. Right, so the gold the refers to the, the foliage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mainly grown for the flower. Yeah. And there's a white form, which is Duranda Alba, white flowers like Geisha Girl. And there's dwarf forms of Duranda, Phil. There you go. So okay. <laughs> mini <laughs> gold. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. They're small okay. big. Uh, next on the line, it's Max from Charlestown. Hey, Max. Yeah, mate. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. Yeah, how can we help? I've got a lemon tree and I can't keep those... Great big fat beetles off of the stinky beetles. Okay, yeah. About that. Yeah, no, you just mentioned earlier on there, Phil, uh, you might, might have heard us there earlier, but it's uh, Malathon. Malathon will do it. Um, well. Carbarol, but Carbarol, I believe you can't spray on 
uh, edible crops now, so we better just stick to Malathon. Malathon. Malathon will do it, yeah, Malathon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the general one. And I said, uh, Phil, earlier, I was talking to him a little bit uh, about it. There's uh, success, uh, one called success. I believe that would do it too. It's uh, more of a pyrethrum-based one. It's a... um, it's not a natural, well, natural in the sense that uh, a pyrethrum one that's sort of made up, uh, you know, in laboratories, but uh, it's uh, more of a natural insecticide. So uh, one called success, or um, as I say, malathion. Yeah, yeah. But okay. they'll, they'll knock it. A bit of a nuisance, but they will knock fairly easy, mate. Once you do spray them, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Right. Does it last a fair while? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once you spray it on, uh, you're looking about. 10 to 14 days probably around the plant it depends on your weather a little bit if you you know with yeah. this sort of weather you might say do it if you did it today or as soon as the weather takes up yeah. uh, do it okay. as soon as you can get a at least four or five hours of clear weather on after spraying be better yeah. if you're worried you can use a little bit of oil or in de- uh, detergent or a bit of white oil probably safer on your um uh, on your plant on your veggies just uh, white oil or pest oil mix yeah. a little bit of that with it and that'll help it to stick onto the plant better and hold on there with it if it's a light shower rain or showers of rain yeah the two together. Yeah, yeah, mix the two together. Yeah, okay. any harm. All right. You, you won't, you won't need a lot of the oil. It's only enough to sort of hold it there anyway. Yeah. 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 All okay. right. As Thank a spreader. You. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye. Thanks very much, Max. Yeah. Does does that hold? Sort of generally speaking, for sprays, you need um, mm. how many hours of, of clear you, weather? Most things you get four or five hours. Four or five hours. Work, if you can get a good yeah. day of eight hours, but if you get four mm. or five hours, generally, that most things are pretty good. Phil. Yeah, we found. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Generally, does the job. And the oil, as a, any as a spreader, doesn't do any harm anyway. But uh, mm. most times, but just be careful; it's not too strong on some things. So if you use white oil on the, too close on some softer leaves, it could burn a little bit. Right. But if you use a, just a minimal amount, just as a spreader, just to uh, helps it to stick yeah. onto the plant. Yeah, because yeah, you get that yeah. waxy thing on the leaves, and sometimes That's right. it just yeah, 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 yeah good, yeah. yeah. Okay, four nine two one six two one six is our number. If you've got any questions. To do with gardening, uh, for David Pondman from Walsing Community Nursery, um, he's on the line. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a break at one o'clock for the news, but he's with us through till half past one. Helen from Kanjiwo is on the line now. David? Helen. Hi, David. How are you? Good, Target. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. good. Um, I'm the snail lady, David. A snail lady, there you go. Yes, I've been listening to you this morning. Yes, yeah, okay. So I just thought I'd ring and just let your customers know that, yes, I'm still looking for snails. Okay, so you collect them and then you clean them and send them on or you send them to someone else, Helen? No, 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 we have the farm here. We collect snails from the garden and we... We don't actually um, send those to the restaurants. We use mm-hmm. them as breeders. Okay. Oh, oh, there you right. go. Yeah. Springs yeah. then go into the restaurant, are uh, grown out to be restaurants because that means that they're purely fed on our food and yeah. they're a farm smell. Well, there you go. Okay. Mm. So, and those, uh, so you need, obviously, a collection coming through all the time because of their lifespan and just... Their lifespan yeah. and also um, we, we have got um, so much demand that quite often we need to to cull our breeding stock as well. So um, we mm. just need new life all the time. Okay. And this just... weather is just perfect. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> should, should get, you'd be liking this. Plenty of, uh, plenty of snails coming on, eh? Yeah. There is. Yeah, there is, yeah. absolutely, yes. Yeah, okay, Helen, thanks for that. And um, where, whereabouts are you? Phil did mention Kanjiwai. Kanjiwai. Kanjiwai, which is um, about 15 minutes south of Cessnock. Okay, um, yeah. Just near Paxton. 
Valley. Okay, there you go. I'm with that area, but I didn't know Kunjiwa. Yeah, 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 no, we keep it a secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll <try> to. <laughs> Bit of God's country, is it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Helen, yeah, nice if, I, if I pop you on hold, could you yeah. um, um, give your uh, phone number and details to um, uh, to Diane on the switch and... Um, yeah, and we, we might sure. be able to put some uh, gardeners with an excess number of snails in, in touch with you. Okay, lovely. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Good Helen. on you. Thanks, yeah. Helen. Thanks for ringing. Bye. Okay, bye. Just hold the line. Uh, there we go. Um, yeah, well, there isn't that go. good? Yeah, now That's we know the answer. Yeah, um, the, the, well, the snails from the garden don't mm, actually get eaten. That's right. There you but go. they're used as, so as breeding have, stock. Uh, yeah, I, I meant I was going to say to Helen, well, that's a... A more uh, modern idea. I'm not sure. I thought originally I'm going back a fair way. I mm. thought they did clean it, but maybe this is a better, obviously a better way to yeah, do it. Yeah, it would be yeah, safer, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, too. it would be. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's oh. interesting. Something we learn, Phil. You learn something every day, Sam. Certainly huh? do on, on this program. <laughs> yeah. Um, five minutes to one. As I said, we've got the news coming up at, uh, at one o'clock. Um, I've been wondering, David, about, about uh, people with live Christmas trees. Mm hmm. Um, if you take them inside, um, mm -hmm. say you know you, you were to do it this this next weekend, mm -hmm. um, how long could you expect them to sort of hang on before they start? If you've got a fairly uh, well lit area, and mm. most homes now you know sort of reasonable size windows and glassed areas and family rooms and that, um, three weeks uh, they'll go into three weeks. Uh, I've had uh, conifers in particular, the pine trees inside for uh, at least uh, two to two to three weeks. And uh, you put them outside. Once you put them outside, don't put them directly so much into the straight sun if you get in hot weather. Right. Don't put them directly in that hot sun, but somewhere mm. a little bit of morning sun, afternoon shade, just gradually acclimatise them back out into a sunny position over, say, a couple of week period. Okay. Or a week period even, yeah. yeah. Or if you've got a salon, firmly sort of area, that'd be ideal. Yeah. Tricky. But conifers uh, that long. And also your... Um, Lily pillies. Some people use the lily pillies. We we just set a conical lily pilly up this morning. Oh, right. And they'll last no, easy inside. They they oh. will handle an indoor condition, so they'll last long. That's a great idea. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Terrific. Um, on the line before we go to the news, let's say hello to Ted from Beresfield. Ted. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Night, how are you? Good to have yourself. Yeah. Oh, I can't complain at all. Actually. Yeah. yeah that's good. Uh, I got a couple of questions, if I may. Yes. Uh, last year I brought a. Uh, a dwarf lemon, orange, and mandarin. Yes. And uh, on the rootstock, they're starting to sprout. Yeah, I'll get. All right, to keep it going, or will I have to cut them off? No, it's, uh, cut them off because they'll be. Um, they should be gra are the grafted ones, or yeah, yeah, they're grafted ones. Yeah. There's tons of lemons, a couple of forms. They are grown from cutting. So if it's a cutting one, it wouldn't matter because they'll just shoot from the base. That's just the same wood. But if they're grafted and they come below the graft, take them away for sure because that'll be a stronger grower. Well, it's not a stronger grower in the sense it's not a tall grower, but a stronger grower against your top growth, like the other citrus. Oh, right, yeah. yeah so it's that, um, there's still a dwarf sort of growth habit because that's what gives you a dwarfing effect, the root system, the understock. But if you let it go, it won't be anything that you can crop, so take it away. So if it's grafted, yes, take it away, right away, just nick it away from the stem and uh, so it doesn't shoot again. But if it's a cutting grown one, which some of the some varieties are, you can let it go, it won't hurt, yeah. All right, fair All right. enough. And the other question is, I, uh, I've been growing potatoes, but I've started to try and grow sweet potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Do you... Uh do the same sort of thing with the sweet potatoes? Yeah, basically, yeah. Just uh, put them in and yeah, you can cut them the same um, as the eyes or um, the young young ones. Just the small ones, put them in and they'll multiply out. 
the leaf uh, dies back and the potatoes are ripe, and yeah, basically a similar process, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. No, it's just that I've yeah. already I've planted I've got one sweet potato and cut it up and planted it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're starting to shoot anyway, so uh, do you sort of uh, build it up as, like with the Aussie potatoes? How do you mean, uh, the soil or...? Yeah, the soil. Oh, yeah, yeah, just keep them in underneath, but... Um you wouldn't no, not too deep. Yeah, how about you wouldn't be building your other potatoes too high, just enough to give you a mounting what about uh, eight, ten inches a foot above the. Oh yeah, yeah. that's about all. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll be the same. Yeah, the sweeties yeah. will be the same then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty well much the same, but just a different, uh, different tasting, different shape potato, mate. Yeah, yeah. What I'll do is yeah, if you're doing that, you've got the shot away for the ones you cut. That they're shot away already. You said. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. A, uh, there's about. Planted about eight, I think, but there's about four already starting to shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you'll be fine, mate. Do what you're doing there and just build that soil up, and they'll enough to get you. And then you get your growth up on top, obviously, and uh, tubers will form a little bit longer. So if you want to go a little higher, just to make it easier for them with your soil. And yeah, uh, yeah. but as I say, once your top grows dies down, you know your potatoes ready to go again. Yeah, ready to no crop. Drama. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. All right, for that, good man. on you. Not a problem. Yeah, thanks, Ted. Christmas. Yeah, you too, Tar. Okay, thanks, mate. mate. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much, Ted. Sounds like Ted might have some uh, nice roast mm, potatoes, sounds like it, sweet eh? potatoes for Christmas. Year, eh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for Christmas. But <laughs> yeah, may, maybe not for Christmas. Yeah. No. Okay, um, gardening talk back on two and URFM one hundred three point seven with David Ponman from uh, our sponsor, uh, Wallsend Community Nursery. Uh, David will be back after the news uh, for another half an hour to uh, answer all those questions. As we said, it's the last uh, gardening talkback program for this year, so you've really only got another half an hour to get all those questions answered that are going to be troubling you over the Christmas period. Are we ready to get back into it, David? Yep, yeah, Phil. Okay, yeah. let's say hello to Nita from Merriweather. Nita. Uh, yes, David. I've just started a vegetable garden, yes. and I'm having a bit of trouble with my rhubarb. It's a year old, and, and it's going to seed. Now, what do I do with these stems, and can I put them in the ground and see if they will grow from that? From the, uh, the stem itself? Yeah, by cutting yeah. off where the seeds are at the top. Uh, no, the seeds. So you've been cropping the leaf and that. You've, uh, the, you've been uh, cropping your stems. You've been eating your stems. Yes. So you've been getting crop from them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And okay. Had, had two stems yeah. went to seed. Yes. And just recently, another three went to seed. Yeah. Yeah. They'll do. Yeah. They'll do that. So you've either got some rhizomes or maybe some little young ones come up beside them. I don't know if anything uh, bunched beside the plant you've got. Then no. you split those away. But as far as the seed goes, you'd have to let it ripen right out and I imagine there'd be a fair bit of seed there. You won't, obviously won't need all that, but there's a possibility, yes, you could put some seedlings in or you just get rid of them all together and purchase some more plants in punnets or some yeah, little pots. Well, uh, yeah. Why is it going to seed now it's, after it being in for about a year and a half? Yeah, it's just the, the plant ages. So your plant will age and you know, just process the nature of so the plant runs into seed and you sage on it and seeds. Like most of your, your veggies, the celery and parsley, those sort of things will do the same. Most things, and even your lettuce, that can do that if you're left long enough, if they're left in the ground and you don't crop them quick enough. Uh, that's not a matter of cropping quick enough. You're cropping your leaf as you, leaf, as you do. And it's the same other things like parsley and celery and that you take away the stems and the edible parts that you need. But after a period of time, that plant becomes aged and then it starts to throw the seed. The seed up is just part of the repro uh, reproduction I process, yeah. 
Yeah, should I break up the clump? Well, that's yeah. If you've got it, if you've got the clump there, that you can split it, break it, and lift it, and your uh, rhizome sort of rhizome root system, you can split that way and and just divide them up. <clears throat> Especially you've got some uh, some younger ones on the outside. Don't do it where the one that the seed is coming from. There'll be a centre part where the seeds come from. of your older plant, and there should be some young ones on. As to say, some young ones around it, bunching around it, maybe, or yeah. the rhizome or the the root system. Just cut your root system and split it that way, yeah. and and break those away and put those in as young newer plants, fresher plants, and then they'll keep on growing, going from there. Yeah. yeah. And should yeah. I feed it with anything? Yeah. Once you do that, just do it first and uh, split it first. But uh, like sort of liquid feeding. Uh, sea salt and your liquid uh, vegetable fertiliser if you're using some of your general vegetable ones but at the moment I'd be more inclined to a liquid one which is uh, like the sea salt for example yeah. your liquid nitrosol or sea salt and uh, just use that and then eventually you may have other fertiliser incorporated into the soil already if you, you know likes of whether it's organic life or vegetable fertiliser and that in the soil yeah. or manures your poultry manure even as a mulching over the top as a feed or cow manure yeah. so if you've got that there well, that's going to give you some nutriment anyway uh, okay. but, but, but when you do it, just use a liquid feed for a month or so and get them established and then go from there, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I would, wouldn't like to lose it because I love rhubarb. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, also, well, so think... failing that then, this is, you know, the, the plants that have done its thing, the same as your other annuals, annual seed <coughs> veggies and that, like lettuce and the stuff, once you use them up or use those and the older ones become a bit old and just replace them with some young ones again, yeah. Okay. All right. All right, thank you very much. Okay, right on. You have a lovely Christmas. You too, Ta. Thanks, Sam. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Nita. Uh, just a, an update on uh, a traffic problem. Um, if you're travelling on the uh, Newcastle Link Road um, at Thomas Street, there's a car accident there, so eastbound traffic is affected, and uh, emergency services and RTA are there. So. Um, with all this weather about, just be a little bit careful if you're mm. in that area there. So a spot um, to dodge on the way home, Phil. Yeah. Mm. Oh, mm. you'll be going past that way mm. too, won't mm. you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Heather from Belmont is next on the line. Hello, Dave. Heather, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. Good. How are you? Good, Ta. Huh? Yeah. Enjoying yeah. the rain? Yeah, well, as you were saying earlier, we don't mind the rain, but we have a bit warmer weather with it, eh? Well, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway. Um, I've just got a couple of questions for you, please. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm putting together a herb garden for my son for Christmas. Right. Now, it's actually going to be in a pot. And what I'm wondering is, um, obviously, you put potting mix in. It, have you got any suggestions of anything I might need to add to that? No, if you're using a potting mix, so, so um, yeah, just a bag. It's a good premium uh, product or quality product of potting mix. That's the main thing. Okay. There's different brands around and some cheapest and some better quality so uh, go to the better quality one in the long run is better for you and you, uh, there is not so much fertiliser there but more compost material and a material to hold the, the moisture in the, in the soil better once it is a bit drier well, well, <laughs> um, so, so just go to, go to a premium one and, and when you plant out uh, as I mentioned to uh, Anita there last time with the veggies and young veggies and splitting plants and uh, young seedlings going in liquid feeding is a good way to go if okay. you can use something like the sea sole, nitrosol uh, on those just to get them established for the first month or so and then you can go to a even nice organic life we mentioned it's good on the veggies and uh, good on anything so okay. um, it, uh, organic life be good or vegetable fertiliser one of those general feeds yeah, yeah. terrific All thank right. you yeah. and just one other question um, I've got some lucky bamboo which is looking very sad mm-hmm. um, I'm just wondering if you might have a hint for me as to can I put something in the water or change the water? Or Yeah, you might find the change the water, so it's sitting in the water. 
you, you've got it sitting in the water. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is a trick with them. Just not too high up around the plant. Uh, so is it a water, the source, the water in the source at the bottom or the pot sort of hold no, most of the water? In, yes, it's yeah. in like a pot with yeah. water. I'd be inclined to, inclined to change it and maybe not have so much in there, just uh, oh, reduce okay. the level of the water a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so it's only in the water on alone, is it? Yeah. It's not in gravel or anything like that holding it. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there is some gravel as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, <coughs> you don't need to sort of have it to the top of the gravel or high into it, just enough at the base to give it some moisture to live on. Oh, okay. Um, they don't need a lot. But, uh, <coughs> yeah, and the gravel, that sort of holds the plant together. And, mm. yeah, so, and it could be getting a little bit, a little bit sour, a little bit bad if it's been there for a while. So it wouldn't do any harm just to tip that out maybe in... Um, well, you can't really wash your pebbles too much because you're going to disturb the roots probably too much. So, um, no. but just to tip it out and, uh, and and maybe put some water through and, and just wash it, you know, rinse it a couple of times, sort of thing, if you know what I mean, and tip it out and just put some oh, okay. clean the gravel and clean around the base a bit, any rubbish out of it, okay, and uh, and some fresh water. But other than that, uh, and they do put a bit of liquid feed fertilizer in there. You can put a bit of liquid feed, mm-hmm. um, just a minimal amount, just a couple of drops of liquid fertilizer. Won't do any harm. We mentioned the sea salt nose products there. You can use that in if you want to do that. Yeah. Alrighty, yeah. terrific. All right, that's great. Thanks okay. very much okay. for your help. Okay, good on you. Thanks, Heather. Have a okay. good Christmas. Thanks, Thank you too. Bye. Thank you very much, Heather. Um, let's see. Four nine two one six two one six is our number. Let's go to George at Edgeworth. Yeah, George, yeah. Yes, um, a couple of years ago we planted some native trees, uh, grevilleas. Right. And the other trees and shrubs have outgrown them and they've been left behind. Is it possible to dig them out and replant them in another spot? Uh, so how long have they been in quite a time too, have they, George? The ones you want they to move? in the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of years at least. Okay, yeah. And they just haven't grown much at all? or. Uh, not really. Then yeah. The other plants are in them. Have too too solid. Them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if depending, natives are harder to move from the ground, so it depends on the amount of root growth they've made. Some some are easier than others. Uh, bottle brush, melaleuca, I've moved uh, you know successfully, but they take a little while to come back. But I have done larger ones even than those. But uh, if they're only smaller, when you say small, not far out of the container size that you bought it in, there's a good chance that by spading out. You know, wider than the plant is wide. If your plant hasn't grown very much in width, it'd only be not much larger than, say, an eight-inch pot size, for example. If that's only something like that, and spade out sort of twice as far out again as the width of the plant, and just get right in underneath it and try and take as much root as you can. Right. Um, because once you start disturbing the native plant roots, that's when you get into trouble. Obviously, yeah, they don't. You can take from con- container to container. But to actually dig them and disturb the roots in the ground, uh, they can be a bit de- temperamental. So as I said, bottle brush, melaleucas, tea trees, not too bad. Grevillea's going to be a little bit harder and stuff like waratah and those sort of things are pretty difficult. But again, it's worth a go if they haven't uh, been there very long and take as much soil and root ball as you can with them. Have your, have your other areas uh, organised or prepared? Oh, not yet, no. No, no that's that's the same. Yeah, prepare your other area. So when you dig them out and put them straight into that new spot, that'd be good. Yeah. If you, right. if would you I use a fertiliser or not? Uh, I wouldn't initially. Uh, just put them in and, and just get them established. Um, once they start to shoot away, then you can use a fertiliser, yeah. yeah. So what sort of fertiliser would I use? Uh, even on top of those, just the native food. You can, again, you can use you, you your sea sole or nitrosol. Nitrosol would be good. It's a, a basic blood and bone uh, liquid, liquid fertiliser. Right. Um, something like that. In an, an, it's a more of an organic or natural fertiliser. 
so that'd be good. Uh, you could yeah. use that from uh, once you see as though they're starting to move or starting to shoot, put that around them regularly, and that'll uh, increase. That'll help the root growth and also then uh, and feed them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you very much for that. All right. Okay. Appreciate good it. Good luck with it, George. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bye, bye now. Thank you, George. I suppose it comes down to David if if you. If it's not doing what you want it to do where it is mm. and you move it and it survives, then yeah. then you've got a positive yeah, result. Bonus, yeah. If you had a negative result, then you were going to replace the plant That's anyway. That's right. So. They're not growing there anyway. Yeah. 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 But uh, Phil, you're um, the natives and you find the same that they're yep. a bit difficult to move, aren't they? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I've, I've yeah. successfully moved a few eremophilas mm. at yeah, one yeah, stage. That's, that's good going. And I use yeah. that yeah. stuff you spray on them to prevent shock. Um, okay, yeah. Like a yeah. stress yeah. guard. Yeah, yeah. stress guard. Sort of yeah. yeah, that's the point um, too. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, that might have helped a little bit yeah. too. But, George um, is still listening. It, uh, it's a good, yeah. a good, uh, a good tip. Yeah, but any of those protasi family are always going to be a bit dodgy, I think, because their roots are so sensitive. Yeah, yeah. My experience, anyway. Yeah, no, no, you're pretty right. <laughs> okay, um, from Millfield now, uh, Tanya is on the line. Tanya. Yes, yes David. Uh, look, I'm wondering about uh, passion fruits that get a lot of flowers on, but they never come to fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having a lot of problem here with that. I've been loaded with fruit, uh, flowers, sorry. Right, right. And it's gained no fruit. The, fellow, the chap next door to us, the neighbour, he's had the similar problem. Yes. But he did get a bit of fruit on, but it just fell off. Well, they're fairly heavy feeders, <clears throat> Tanya, the um, passion fruit. And just keep an eye also on some of the flowers. And it's early in the season, there's nothing, uh, um, cat- caterpillars or even um, grasshoppers and stuff that can nip at the back of the flower around the flower stalks and stems. Okay. Uh, make them fall so just keep an eye on that part of it I know um, snails even up into the plant can be a bit damaging but other than that they are heavy feeders cow manure is very good on them something again high in, <coughs> excuse me high in potash so your cow manure um, organic life we mentioned or even like the fruit and tree fertiliser which is high in potash you've got nitrogen to, for growth but uh, and again when feeding don't have a heavy nitrogen fertiliser so you're pushing growth all the time and that overgrows the flower overshoots the flower a little bit but something so high in potash, um, fruit and tree, citrus, uh, fruit and citrus fertilizer. How often oh, should yeah. you uh, fertilize? Uh, well, those sort of things you look around about every six weeks or two months. You can do. Okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, maybe that fruit and tree one you get it stretched out about three months. But uh, you'll find the cow manure as you put a mulch of cow manure or and even feeding with the organic life, you can do that every six weeks or two months again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So many um, flowers, and I was, I thought, oh, this would be great. All yeah. the fruit coming, yeah, and then yeah. it just went to nothing. Yeah, and, and um, weather can play a bit of a part in it with the way yeah, it's been, well, well, because they start to do their thing. Thinking, as we mentioned earlier, you may have not been, you know, listening earlier there, but they start to do their thing, thinking, okay, it's time to grow and set flowers and fruit, and then all of a sudden, along comes the cold weather again, and it's, <laughs> they're not too sure it was winter or summer like we are. So, uh, so that can play a part also, but that. And, uh, and some insects uh, can get there and damage the flower or the stems and, and help them to fall or make them fall. And then feeding, that'd be about your main issues, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, we can't say watering anyway, Tanya, can we? Hey? No, no. <laughs> everything, there's uh, getting Danny's mildew on it. And it's yeah. knocking everything about. Yeah, that's the other problem there. Well. Yeah, and, and especially if we get... The, war- the rain is good with, the, with warmth, but they also... With warmth and rain, then we start to get a little bit of uh, fungus problems again around there. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. yeah that's and too much, too much rain with the plants and things sitting too wet. That's when you get a little bit of problems. So keep an eye on that part of it also. Yeah, okay, yeah. Thank you. Look, I well, do have one, one more question. Yeah. Uh, uh, lemon trees 
the fruit is um, quite dry inside. Um, with beautiful looking lemons, but it's dry inside. Yeah, again, it can come back into your, your potash again, yeah, feeding. Um, potash. Sometimes, a lot of times, I maintain moisture, but again, you can't, <laughs> we can't yeah. go there now, unless it's sort of older and then time your new crop comes away and gets going again. You got yeah. the trees looking okay otherwise? Yes, the trees. Yeah, fairly green and fine, good, and yeah. you're getting flower and fruit, but it's just a bit dry. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I'd go back right. to feeding again, so that potash that to help the fertiliser, uh, to help the feeding and keep the moisture. So you can't do much better than that now. So no. um, and keep grass that away from the base of them. In, if you're in a lawn area, just keep that clear so that the feed and the moisture can get into the root of the plant down in the base of your plant. Uh, sometimes that becomes clagged on top that the fertilizer and the moisture doesn't get into the root system properly. Just rolls and washes away. So okay. just keep that there. And a mulching, if you do that, and then a mulch on top is good also for the summer period. Okay. Yeah, all right. Okay, thank you so much for that. Okay, good on. You can use that same feed actually on uh, fruit and citrus, the lemon and your passion fruit, the citrus okay. and your fruit trees. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay then. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Good so on much you. Thanks, Ann. All thank the best. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you, Tanya. Uh, 25 minutes past one, and next on the line, it's Louis from Woongara. Louis. Yes, David. Yes, how are you? Very uh, well, thanks. And uh, just in case I forget, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all. Yeah, thank you. Same to yourself, mate. Uh, yeah. know that uh, many people like myself really enjoy your program. Yeah, that's uh, good. Now, yeah. the bad news is yeah. every year I get caught out with all our stone fruit. And I'm familiar with the uh, Manzacote uh, Plus. And I'm familiar with the Fruit Fly Spray. Mm-hmm. And I'm now uh, spraying them at the same time because they say... You could do that, and uh, um, the plants don't suffer. At any every year, everything looks lovely, and uh, yet I end up by virtually losing all the fruit, and uh, it goes brown. It's horrible, um, and the difficulty, of course, in spraying. So I don't know if you have a solution because you can't spray uh, if it is above twenty-seven degrees. Uh, this is sorry, uh, Louis. The mango was it? This is for mango, yeah, yeah, which is, yeah. uh, nectarines, okay. and I've also got lemon and limes. I didn't seem to have the trouble with the lemon and limes. No, no, but no. all the others, unfortunately, every year I've been unsuccessful uh, for one reason or, or another. Well, uh, the mango and the nectarine you have to keep an eye on as far as the fruit fly. Yes. Yeah, that'll be one of your main worries there. Your mango also, early in the season... Uh, can get a fungus on the flowers. That's what you're probably using the mangas there for. Yes. Yeah, and that's a flowering stage. Yes. Uh, and your flowers holding on okay? The, the, the flower seems to hold on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they're still brown and blackened and I virtually um, lose everything. Yeah, so um, if you... Yeah, the, um, the mangas there on the mango for the fungus and also it doesn't hurt sometimes... Uh, an insecticide there with that one against any thrip or aphis can get into the fr- uh, fruit, the flower some, again too and uh, that makes the flower fall because it sucks the goodness out of it. Yeah. Right, so that wouldn't hurt. But you'd only need to do that at flowering stage on your mango. At and the your flowering main, stage. Yeah, at yes. flowering stage, yeah. Yes. Yes. And then the nectarine, your main one with the nectarine would be once, you, once your fruit starts to crop, it's generally about six weeks prior to it ripening, then yes. start looking at the fruit fly from now on because that's when it becomes more active during that December, you know, into the warmer warmer weather. Yeah. So that's uh, the main one then would be, it's a fruit fly spray, 
Uh, fungus, yes, this weather, you'd probably be a bit careful. And with both of them, you could use Mangazeb again with the um, or copper spray, but Mangazeb was fairly general, Mangazeb Plus, uh, for the mango and the nectarine. You'd really only need to do that now around this time of year if you get fearful of uh, with the weather. Yeah. Uh, but then the fruit fly one is as a bait. There's a bait available or um, a spray available. Yes, a couple I'm of spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah lab acid. Yeah, yeah, that's the spray. Yeah, that's yes, it. As, as have you tried a couple of the baits, the echo uh, uh, baits? Yes, my wife yeah. fills up bottles with um, uh, a mixture that she got from some magazine. I yeah. just can't recall yeah, what you... goes into it. Ammonia, I think, and. You can make uh, make your own up in that respect. And around the side, and that would give us the indication that the fruit flies are active. Yeah, that's but right. So far, every year, they've looked very promising, and every year I virtually have lost every mango, every nectarine, every peach. The, the, the peaches seem to ripen a lot earlier, and they're full of worms. They fall off, they go brown, they shrivel. Yeah, you might have... You might have yep. spray beside the bait, just the spray beside the bait. If you, if you spray, uh, and then there's a couple of baits available at the nursery, at uh, Walsing Community Nursery there. There's a yeah. couple of different forms of this echo hoard and a, another a trap. There's a trap and the bait. There's yeah. one you can actually splash onto your stems of your plant and up and through the uh, the branches and that. Right, Do that way, and then you've got your spray on top. It, maybe, I don't know if you've been out there to see the boys, if you uh, get and have a talk. Uh, from, from time to time we have a yeah, course. Yeah. We've got your advice yeah, over yeah. the years, yeah, and yeah. we've sort of, you know, got on with uh, what we have to do. Uh, that we we've now sort of got to the stage where maybe we should give up because it always looks so promising. For instance, we've never had more flowers on our mango tree as yeah. we have yeah, on yeah. this occasion, but they've all turned black. In fact, if we can count three or four little green uh, possible fruit <laughs> the yeah. size of the smallest nail. Uh, and the chances are it may blow off or the rain may not yeah, so fall. Yes, some of your flowers, will, uh, the petals and that will sort of obviously fall. And no, no, but, no. You, but you need, yeah, you need the, 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 the centre. The fruit fruits yeah, may yeah, fall that's right. yeah. still there, yeah. but the flower looks so unhealthy, uh, I believe it may fall off. And last year we also lost a king protea. It, it, again, it was the, the, the fungus, I think, that got to it. Okay, yeah, well, Proteus uh, soil can be effective there if it's in a wet area or heavy area. They need really good drainage mm. and poorer type soil. They don't like a lot of manures in the soil, in the Proteus. Your mangoes, that'll take the manure and the fertiliser. Yeah. If, if they're near to one, <coughs> excuse me, if they're near to one another, that can be a, a bit of a conflicting problem because uh, they don't like the manures that the fruit trees do. The, no, no, the no, mango, sure. yeah, they're, they're separate. separate. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've got them on a mound, so, mm -hmm. you know, I've sort of learnt over the years, but it's a pity that uh, we lost, um, um, the, the, the king project was about a metre tall, yeah, you can get yeah. about three large 12-inch blooms yeah. a year, absolutely beautiful, all sort of gone up, yeah, I, yeah. I've replanted them. Yeah, they can, uh, well, make sure you've got uh, <clears throat> got that drainage and don't use any manures out around yeah, them. Yeah. I, uh, I don't lacking the feed. Yeah, the, no. Uh, the pressure at no, all. No, no, no. That's uh, the best. I've yeah. got them in the mound.
pond years yeah. ago, I was told to, yeah. uh, you know, use a brick or two and plant it on top and make yeah. way. So, so you're doing everything right then. Yeah. 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 We, we, we've but, got but, another call waiting on yeah. that we oh. need to go to. Um, could I maybe just get you to uh, hang on to the line and maybe David could speak to you after the program finishes? Well, well I, okay, that's lovely. That, yeah. that, that's very kind of you. Okay. Right, okay. Thanks, Louis. Thanks. Just, just hold on to the line okay, there. Okay, mate. We'll get back to you. Okay. Um, yeah, because uh, we've got hanging on to the line for a long time waiting. Our last caller for the year, it's Lang from Glendale. Hello. Hello. Lang, is it? Hello. No. Lang, are you there? No. No, no, no. no. Uh, she must looks have thought like we're all finished. Yeah, yeah. He, he probably couldn't hang yeah, on. Okay. Um, well, that's, that's uh, gardening that talkback for 2011, are David. You, are you gone? Turn year 2012 gone? next year is already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, yeah. um, you've got uh, uh, one, one final about. chore ahead of you, David. You've yeah, got to choose yeah, somebody yeah. to be the recipient of all these wonderful things that you're giving away, yeah, including well, this lovely um, Christmas bush, yeah, yeah. the Christmas Aubrey's. Bush. I bought, it, bought the colour in the shower yeah. one. It is a nice colour in the film. Yeah. What, what, me. what yeah. was the... Uh, uh, Aubrey's red. Aubrey's red. Aubrey's red. Yeah, yeah, lovely yeah, thing. It's a beauty. And... Well, George has sort of seen so he's into his natives that there, yep. so I yep. wondered uh, if George and Edgeworth is uh, interested in an Aubrey's Maybe Red and might compensate if you lose a couple of those if, natives. If so his like, grevilleas yeah, don't yeah. survive, he can pop a... <laughs> an Aubrey's Red in. Christmas bush, yeah. So, George from Edgeworth, if you'd like to call out to Walls End Community Nursery over the next week, yep. um, and uh, they'll be there, there for you to collect uh, Aubrey's Red or uh, and some other little goodies there, fertiliser and uh, insecticide. Terrific. So, nice little uh, Christmas present. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, all that right. remains, David, is to uh, thank you for coming in today and thank That's you for right. your help no, during, during the, uh, the year. That's all right. It's a pleasure. And uh, to mind. wish you and the whole team over there at Walls End Community yeah. Nursery a Merry Christmas. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Thank you. And the same to yourself and uh, and everyone, uh, all our listeners, of course. I uh, hope you have a safe and uh, happy Christmas and uh, hopefully we'll catch up in next year. We will have a prosperous new year and uh, yeah. back to go gardening again and I guess okay. Dave will let me come back in again when he's oh, on I'm sure we'll see you in, in, in the new year <laughs> okay, uh, we're back on the uh, the 30th of uh, January okay. uh, 2012 right. I think we are thanks right. also right. of course to David Peterson who's yeah. um, been the, the backbone of the that's program right. through yeah. the year yeah, no, and the, well. the team member that uh, that we don't hear a lot of uh, here in the studio, but uh, Diane on the phones, who mm-hmm. uh, who puts all the calls through and has a very busy hour and a half from twelve yeah, to one thirty yeah, yeah. every Monday. Thank you all. Well, that's right. it for uh, gardening talkback for today and for this year. Thanks to everybody who's been a part of the program. We'll see you in uh, at the end of January. Okay, bye now.